Well, Merry Christmas. Uh, you know, I have to, to admit, and, and I don't, maybe you share this feeling, uh, maybe you don't, uh, but sometimes I feel like uh, by the time I actually get to Christmas Day, um, I'm just sort of like ready for the season to be done. Uh, so, so tired, so, so exhausted from, uh, from all the planning, all the Christmas shopping, all of the uh, preparations that you have for, uh, for meals with family, with friends, all those sorts of things. Uh, for me, prepping for, for extra Advent services and, and sermons and things like that, I kind of get to today and ready to be done. Ready to just sort of sort of move on, and, and Christmas Day, once you actually get here, can almost be a little bit of an afterthought in, in some ways. And, and I have to admit that that as far as preaching goes, with with extra sermons and things for uh, for midweek, get to Christmas Day, and and the wells running a little dry. Uh, the the creativity is is maybe not what it once was. But I I will say that I think that there's one thing that I am not ready to be done with yet. Uh, one, one part of, of Christmas that, that I maybe want to just hang on to uh, for, for a little bit longer. And, and you might not share this because you started hearing it like already in October, but it's the music. It's the music of Christmas that, that I never quite grow tired of. And, and I'm not talking about like jingle bells. I'm, I'm talking about uh, our music that, that we sing and, and proclaim in the church. I think that many people would agree that perhaps some of the most beautiful music, some of the most wonderful things that the church has written belongs to the season of, of Advent and Christmas. As we explore these themes of, of watching and, and waiting and, and longing and expectation, it's enough to just sort of leave you in, in silent reverence as we gather to to worship Christ who has come to us. And, and one of the things that I think is true about Christmas and Advent music is everyone seems to have their favorite hymn. Right? And everyone's upset if we don't get to, to that certain hymn uh, in one of our services. Uh, right? If you ask someone what their favorite Easter hymn, they might be able to give you an answer after a little bit of thought. If, if you ask someone what their favorite Lent hymn is, they'll like, look at you funny, like, what are you talking about? But if you ask someone what their favorite Christmas hymn is, they'll be able to give you an answer right away. And, and probably a, a lengthy reason why that is, why we hold these hymns so dear. And one such hymn for me, uh, and I, I'll admit this has been something of a recent development, is the hymn, O Holy Night. And, and we've had the chance to, to sing it actually a couple of times during uh, the Advent and, and Christmas season here. Uh, but I love everything about that hymn. I, I love the tune and the melody. I love the rhythm of, of the hymn. But I think what I love most about it is I love the words of that hymn. Especially my, my favorite words in that hymn are these words that come in, in the final stanza of the hymn that say, Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. No matter how many times I, I hear those words, his law is love, and his gospel is peace, I find them so intriguing and so perplexing. 
And I think part of that is, is we don't often think of law and gospel in those terms. I mean, we can think of, of gospel as peace. Right? That's, a, that's familiar for us. But this idea that his law is love maybe sounds a bit strange to our ears. His law is, is love? Really? I mean, I've heard God's law many times. I, I felt the weight of that law. And, and I don't recall a time when I've heard the law and, and been convicted in my wrongdoing by the law and said, oh, wow, God must really, really love me. I, I don't think it's ever happened. I mean, his law is, is judgment. I could say that for sure. His law is, is condemnation. I know that's true. I know that his law is, is a heavy load that I simply cannot bear on my own. His law, in fact, strikes me as rather offensive at times. Because it says things about me and about people that I love that I would rather not hear. His law is love? Really? I, for example, take our reading from Titus this morning. If you start actually just a little bit before, we get this, this clear statement of the law. Paul says this in verse 3 of chapter 3. He says, We ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. And we hear that, and it maybe even makes us squirm. It makes us uncomfortable to hear that. I mean, I think one of the reasons that, that the reading started after that and why it's left out of the pericope is because like, that statement doesn't really jive well with the warm fuzzies of Christmas, does it? Paul says that we were foolish and disobedient people. Led astray, wandering from God because of our passions and our foolish, sinful pleasures. Because of our obsession with, with pleasure and comfortability, we have been led astray. That, that we would rather spend our time in, in hatred and envy and anger toward one another than we would showing love and service to one another. That, that we would rather harbor hate in our hearts than fall before the feet of Jesus in worship. His law is love. That, that, that statement sounds like, like harshness and, and judgment and condemnation, but I'm supposed to believe that that statement of the law is love. But what if the point uh, of that phrase in this hymn is just that? That even the law in all of its harshness and all of its condemnation still exhibits the very love of our God. Uh, since graduating from high school, I li I've lived in uh, four different cities. I moved from, uh, from Minnesota to the Milwaukee area where I went to college. And then after graduating college, I moved from Milwaukee to St. Louis to attend seminary. And then during seminary, moved from St. Louis to Denver for my vicarage. And then from Denver back to St. Louis. And one of the things that I found myself incredibly grateful from moving all of these different parts of the country is my cell phone. And particularly the GPS on my cell phone. 
Right? Because as I'm trying to get from city to city and, and figure out where to go and, and which interstate to take, it's helpful having something there that, that directs me and, and tells me where to go. Right? And as, as I try to find my way around new cities, and, and you find that, that cities, they don't run like the normal north, south, east to west like you would expect. Having help getting from, from home to work to, uh, to, to places that I want to visit or, or restaurants that I want to eat at, it, it's so helpful having something that tells me where to go. Right? In fact, uh, if you've ever been to the city of Denver, you might know when you get to downtown Denver, actually it, it's the weirdest thing. Even people who live there will be like, this makes no sense. The streets, they intentionally like shift 45 degrees. So no longer do it's like east to west. It's now like southwest to northeast and, and northwest. It, it makes no sense at all. It's the weirdest thing. And so when you're in these places where, where the landscape changes and, and things change directions and, and you don't know where to go, it is so helpful having that guide to show you where you should go. His law is love. Because imagine trying to figure out life. Imagine trying to figure out what is right and what is wrong what is harmful and dangerous, and, and what, is, what is good and helpful. Imagine trying to figure all of that out without God's law. Imagine trying to figure out and just sort of feel your way through what is pleasing to God and what isn't. I mean, we would essentially be left up to, to trial and error and, and left to wonder when I reach that day, are the things that I've done going to be pleasing to Him or not? His law is love because God has given us His law so that we don't have to figure out where to go on our own. Rather than trying to figure out what's pleasing to Him, He's shown us and told us plainly what He would have us do and what He wouldn't have us do. His law is love. Even in its harshness, even in its judgment and condemnation of the things that we've done, His law is love. Because how else would we figure out that his gospel is peace? You see, that law, what it does for us is it gives us a clear picture of who we are. But it functions as that mirror to give us an honest look at ourselves and see that there's nothing in us but sin and darkness and evil. To show us, as Paul says, that, that our works are simply foolish and disobedient, that we've been led astray. That we've been slaves to our passions and pleasures. That we've been filled with hatred and malice and envy. Hating one another. The law shows us that clearly so that we would repent and fall at our knees and cry out for redemption and salvation. And it's when we discover that the law is love, we begin to see his gospel is peace. Paul continues, but when the goodness and loving kindness of our God and Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. 
His law is given us, given to us in love so that we would see who we are. So that we would see our brokenness. So that we would see our darkness. So that we would see our wickedness. And turn and believe in that gospel that brings peace to our warring creation. The gospel that says that we who were once far off have now been brought near through Jesus Christ. It's on Christmas that we celebrate the joy, the hope, and the peace of the goodness and loving kindness of our God that has appeared to us in the most surprising way. In a a surprising place, in a manger in Bethlehem, in a tiny child, God has drawn near to us. He has not cast us off in His anger. He has not forgotten us. He has not simply condemned our sin, but instead He has entered into the mess to redeem us and restore us, to bring us back to Himself. His law is love, given so that we would turn from our sin and come and worship at the manger of His Son Jesus. And find there the one who has come to bear our sin, to bring it to the cross, so that we who were once beggars could be made heirs of eternal life. His law is love because it shows us our need for Jesus. But the fact of the matter is, is we would never be able to discover that that law is love without the gospel. See, without the gospel that brings us peace, all the law would ever be able to do is say, do more. Try harder. Exert a little bit more effort and try to please God with your actions. It would always be calling for us to strive after a righteousness that we could never attain on our own. But through the gospel, our God has brought us peace through His Son, Jesus Christ, nailing our sin to the cross, raising Him again so that we too would be raised to new life. It's through the gospel that brings us peace that we discover that that law has been given to us as this guide to show us the way to go. As this mirror to show us who we are so that we would turn and worship Jesus, the Prince of Peace. His law is love and His gospel is peace. Um, I have to be totally honest. As, as I was writing this, this sermon uh, this week and, and felt like, you know, all right, I got this great idea and, and, and things are flowing really well. And then I got to the very end and I'm like, man, I have no idea how to finish this. And so the best thing that I could think of was just to go back to those words of O Holy Night. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and joyful and grateful chorus raise we. Let all that is within us praise his holy name. This Christmas, may you be encountered once again by that word of God. And as odd as it sounds to say on on a day that is supposed to be filled with such joy, I hope that 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 word confronts you. 
I hope that that word confronts you in all of the harshness of the law. May that law put to death what is wicked and sinful and dark in you. So that you might come and fall on your knees at the manger of the word of God incarnate. And may the peace that this word brings, may the gift of this gospel bring rest to your troubled souls. May that peace change us from people who once were were lovers of, of passions and pleasures. May it turn us from people who are filled with hatred into peacemakers. Into people who go and, and seek to break the chains of the oppressed. This Christmas, may we discover that his law is indeed love. And his gospel is peace. Merry Christmas.